0: We're in the Red Sea Catholic Radio studios today. I'm Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin in the Restorative Justice Ministry. Service to our incarcerated and to the officers who tend to them and all who are involved. In the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Along with me today is Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, our coordinator of pastoral care for the Gatesville region in restorative justice ministry, and Renee Brown, our director of counseling for Catholic Charities of Central Texas. We're beginning now our second session in dealing with grief, in particular for those of us who are having to grieve the loss of loved ones or losses of other things in our lives, but uh, perhaps when we don't have access to the folks that we would like, if we're incarcerated or if we're in isolation due to COVID or deployed uh, for our military service folk, uh, however that may be, uh, we wanted to finish up the first session uh, by uh, speaking to how to deal with grief when you can't. Can't say goodbye.
1: So often, um, when you've lost someone you know, um, special or significant in your life, it can feel unbearable. And often there is a um, a guilt, a feeling of guilt or a feeling of sadness if you were unable to say goodbye to the person um, before they they passed away. And some, sometimes that can be a hang up for us is, you know, uh, it just feels so painful that you were unable to say goodbye. Um, when I, sh- I shared a little bit in the last segment, when my dad passed away, my sister and I were traveling from Georgetown to Dallas and we were not able to have that moment with him to say goodbye. I, I felt OK with that because I'd already had my wonderful experience of knowing he was well and OK in the arms of our Lord. But my sister later, months later, shared with me that that had been especially hard for her, that we didn't make it to the hospital on time so that she could say goodbye to him. And so just some of the, some of the negative thoughts that you may um, experience around not being able to say goodbye, sometimes it can feel like you're a bad person. You know, you may feel like you're a bad son or a bad daughter or whomever, a bad husband, whatever, that you did not get to say goodbye to this person um and some people even feel like they're a failure or are worthless for for my sister it was like we didn't get there on time and I'm like well we were driving as fast as we could like we were trying we attempted but we just couldn't make it but some people are left with that feeling of worthlessness And, and then because they couldn't say goodbye maybe they'll get into this thinking of somehow the passing was their fault and unless it was absolutely at your hands, um, then I would encourage you that it wasn't your fault. Um, when someone passes and you didn't get to say goodbye to them, you can be left with this feeling of being in an unsafe world. You know, this person was so important to me. I didn't get to say that last goodbye, that last word to them. And now I feel unsafe in the world around me. Um <clears throat> And then sometimes people are often left because of of a passing. They feel like um, they're going to lose all the ones that they love. They get really can can get caught up in, well, when is this person going to die? When is this person going to die? And they can overthink that. So just some some things to kind of uh, think about um, when we can't say goodbye. It can leave people with a lot of negative feelings about themselves. Not so much the loved one, but they feel. Like somehow they messed up. You know, I didn't get to say goodbye. If I wasn't locked up, I would have got to say goodbye to my mom. Right. I would have got to say goodbye to whomever. And just encouraging that while that hurts that you didn't get to say goodbye, it does not, you know, mean that you're a worthless human being or a failure as a person. It just means you weren't there to say goodbye. And there's other ways that you can do that. Um sometimes we kind of get into this black and white thinking, I didn't say goodbye, I'm a bad person. Or I'm a good person if I did this or a bad person if I did that. And and in terms of grief and loss, we really want to be careful about doing that. And so if you didn't get to say goodbye to a person that you love, um, just a couple of little things that you could do to kind of help out. And this article was really great. I loved it. It was written by a lady named Gabrielle I, Appleberry, I want to give her credit since I'm kind of stealing her work here. Um, but she talked about the pandemic especially um, and, you know, the significant loss that people are feeling due to pandemic. And if you've had a loved one in the hospital and they passed away in the hospital, absolutely, you did not get to say goodbye to them. Um, and so some of the suggestions that that she makes so that you can get through that grief process and get all that started is, you know, maybe having your own um, personal kind of ceremony for that person, especially if you're incarcerated. You know, um, you're not going to get to attend any type of ceremony. I mean, a lot of places still aren't doing, uh, like, maybe they're only doing gravesite services or some things like that, but maybe have your own um, ceremony. Or if you can arrange a video visit, I know, Some of the prisons do have that. If you can arrange to do a video visit with several family members or something, then maybe you can do some sort of like a mini ceremony there together. The thing that I always encourage people to do when they didn't get to say goodbye is to write a letter to that person. And I I love letter writing. You guys have heard me talk about this before. Writing is just such a... a, um, important way and, and almost an easy way, too, to kind of get through some of the different uh, mental health processes, but <clears throat> writing a letter to the person, you know, that passed away and telling them goodbye. You know, I'm sad to see you go. This hurts me tremendously. This is what I'm going to miss about you. This is what you gave me. This is what our relationship was like. And and then you have the option of keeping that letter um, or you can mail it to a loved one if you wanted or you can destroy the letter. Whatever you feel like you need to do in the end, it's really just that process of writing lo- the letter that can be very beneficial to saying goodbye.
2: And Renee, I'd just like to add that the, the most important person in this whole process and all these tasks uh, is Jesus Christ. Uh, jesus christ son of god and son of mary uh he has arrived he's on the scene now he is with us as we journey through this and he doesn't leave us alone he doesn't leave us there to figure it out by ourselves Uh, he he gives us nothing less than his very self uh to help us to to walk with us. and i thought about that and particularly as we celebrate those sacred mysteries the the holy eucharist as we come together and and holy sacrifice of the math well heaven and earth is a joint together and 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 he's there and and we're all united, and um, some of the great saints of our church. Saint John Christophon, tells and reminds us that our loved ones who have gone before us—they're no longer where they used to be. They're they're wherever we are, and so that sense of oneness together, that sense of being united, um, is very comforting and 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 helps us. And it should be our, our, our it's where we draw our strength from.
1: Oh, absolutely! Um, you know, when we were kind of talking about this segment. Um, we were saying that in this segment when we're talking about what you need during grief, uh, there's some specific things I'll speak to. But at the core of all of these is Jesus Christ. He is going to be the source of every piece that we're going to talk about. But just some of the things that, that people need during the grief process um, is patience. Um, patience with yourself. This is a difficult time. Um, you're going to have those people that want to rush you due to their uncomfortableness of you need to just get over this. You need to just deal with it and move on. They're gone. And and remember that that's about them. That's not about you. Um, grieving takes a lot of patience. Um, and allow yourself to feel your feelings. I think often people don't want to feel feelings. Um, I think Just from just some of my research and listening to my daughter talk about her former drug addiction, she didn't want to feel her feelings. She just, it was easier to, you know, smoke weed or do a lot of Coke or whatever she was doing. So she didn't have to feel feelings. And it's important that we feel our feelings. Um, And if you have somebody that you can talk to sharing that, you know, somebody that you feel safe with somebody that you don't feel like is going to use what you're saying as a weapon or something like that. But if you have people around you that are safe people, you know, sharing with them uh, your feelings and your experiences and trying not to rush this process. This is a process that's hurt. It hurts. It's painful. People just kind of want to get through it. Like, you know, and it's this is not a fast race. This is this is a slow moving one. And in patience, you know, that's where I see, you know, Jesus and part of this, As well, you know, you can going to him, I think about his patience, his patience with humanity has to be just huge. And then going to him and asking for that help of patience and and asking him to be with you when those feelings hurt and feel painful and you feel overwhelmed, asking him to sit with you in that moment um, and being patient with you. Another thing uh, is support. During this time, people need support from family and friends. It's very important. I know for those people that are incarcerated and probably military as well, if you're deployed, you know, um, and you've lost a loved one, it's challenging, right? Like, I can pick up my cell phone and call my sister. She lives seven minutes away from me. I can run to her house. We do that for each other when we're feeling bad. We have that kind of relationship. But for people who are incarcerated or maybe military or people who are isolating at home, they may not be able to just run next door to somebody or have your sister come over in seven minutes, those kind of things. And so really it's about finding some people uh, maybe that you're working with or uh, a cellmate that, that you can get some support from that you feel trusted with, right? Um, and maybe there's some – I'm not really sure what all they have going in some of the prison systems as far as far as far as like support – if there's any groups you could join, if there's a group you can create, but something like that can be helpful. Um, You know, outside of prison, there are tons of support groups for grief uh, through churches. Um, uh, In Austin, they have the Christie Center, and there's a lot of other uh, places that will offer uh, grief support. Um, And then just Once again, it's going back to God, asking for that support, asking him to hold your hand. There's many times when I have prayed the rosary and and I asked Mary to hold my hand right during this process because it's so hard and it's so challenging. Um, I think being able to talk about your grief and loss, sharing those memories. When my dad first passed away, this was the hard one for me. I'm a talker by nature and probably because I'm a counselor, we talk about our feelings and stuff. And I found my family kind of avoiding talking about my dad. And that was not that was not acceptable to me. And I was like, no, we need to talk about him and we need to talk about our favorite memories and we need to remember him. Like this is how I find that support is talking about him. And then not being afraid to ask for help. I think often as humans, we don't want to ask for help, you know. And in some situations, there could be a lot of distrust in asking for help. You really have to know people. And I would think especially in being incarcerated, some of the people around you, you may not trust them to be so vulnerable with your feelings and emotions. And once again, that's where, too, you can tie into and go to Jesus in those moments He you can always trust, right? You can tell him anything and there will be that trust there. That's going to be a great support for you. Um, And I think in some situations, people around you, they want to help. Like I had several friends that they were willing to listen to me and they would tell me, I don't know how to help you. You know, I know how much you loved your dad, but I'm willing to listen to you. And that meant so much, you know, that I could share memories of him or my deepest feelings with them. So support is important. Um, can, I,
2: can I interrupt you absolutely. just for a second? Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the art of listening and and, and how would you uh, recommend to us to be good listeners, and particularly in those moments?
1: I think good listening is about hearing and often not about responding, right? So... I think when we're listening to people, we get caught up in how do we respond to this person. And so typically we're not listening well because you're like very conscious of I want to respond the right way or I don't want to hurt this person. So you get caught up in that. And I think very often when we think about listening, it is truly that it is engaged in hearing exactly what this person is saying to you. And if you don't understand something, just asking for clarification. Can you clear that for me? You know, I don't really understand. Or maybe it's something you're not going to understand. And it's just being in those moments with people and letting them talk. I also think part of being a good listener is a validation of feelings. So if somebody's talking to you and they're crying and they've said, you know, I'm really sad without my dad, then maybe a great response would just be, you really miss him. So it indicates to the person that you're listening, but you're not offering a judgment, you're not offering advice, you're not responding for that brilliant thing to say that's going to make them feel better because there's really not one. It's just being in the moment and listening and maybe validating their feeling throughout.
0: One of those responses too, I think that is such a natural instinct is is to say, okay, uh, I'm listening to what Renee has to say. We have to keep this program moving along, so I'm going to be thinking about the next thing I've got to, I've got to pull into this. And I think we do that in uncomfortable topics in particular with, with those who uh, we're trying to support. And one suggestion I would have uh, is for all of our, our uh, listeners, uh, certainly in the incarcerated, especially the, the women's units, we have not been able to get back in there all that much. Um, So I know they're missing just the presence of the church that we can bring to them with the sacred mysteries. But ladies, don't forget those prayers that you have, all of those prayer books that that we've delivered to you that you have access to, uh, those different booklets uh, that are available on all the different topics. There's always prayers in there, and particularly the kind of what people might say the formulaic prayers um, that might get passed over just because somebody else wrote them. Delve into those. Uh, let those speak to you. I've got the uh, ritual book in front of me here for um, the uh, different rites of the Catholic Church in saying goodbye, the vigil for the deceased, the massive Christian burial, the graveside service. And just let yourself, ladies and, and our gentlemen as well, uh, pick up those prayer books that you have, read those prayers, and just with every uh, – pointer that Rene just gave us about listening, let yourself listen to the prayers. I think so often we ramble through the prayers really quickly to get through Christ our Lord. Amen. But uh, allow those prayers to speak to you. I want to give you an example. Uh, This is one that involves Mary. Uh, Mary is always there. Eternal Father, through the intercession of Mary, who bore your son and stood by the cross as he died, grant to these parents in their grief, the assistance of her presence, the comfort of her faith, and the reward of her prayers—we ask this through Christ our Lord. This is a prayer that that's in the ritual book for the priest or deacon to speak um, on the death of a child, which brings its own special kinds of nuances and and difficulties for you who are parents. And the church knows this, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. Um, that. For, for our listeners, our church has 2,000 years of experience with grief work and bringing the, the fruits of that sacred mystery into your moment of really challenging time. But you're not alone. She's with you. And all those souls that have gone before us, and particularly the saints and and certainly the the Blessed Mother—and I'll give you one more example here because so you can hear how the church— processes her way through with the love of god and jesus christ through this gift of the spirit that he gives us because he died and that that's the reflection that we're on here is that grieving is something that god himself has experienced in the person of jesus christ so this one uh, again this is for when you're you're praying uh when a child has has gone lord god source and destiny of our lives In your loving providence, you gave us this child to grow in wisdom, age, and grace. Now you have called this child to yourself. We grieve over the loss of one so young and struggle to understand your purpose. Draw this child to yourself. Give him or her full stature in Christ. May they stand with all the angels and saints who know your love and praise your saving will. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord, and so just like Deacon Ronnie mentioned, and Renee, you affirmed, you know that this—it's kind of all roads lead back to Jesus, uh, and 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 to the Trinity, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who is love, because love is what's going to get us through this grief. But there's resources for for us to to access, even when we, as as the people that serve you, are not able to be in your midst. Let's not forget those. Those are a sign that the church still walks with you and still wants to be with you. And I think there was a couple of other things on here uh, that, uh, in terms of what you need for grief. We'll have okay. another couple of sessions on this. Uh, this will carry us through the rest of our sessions. But you had gotten through balance. Uh, and and uh, what else do we have to, to recommend?
1: So <clears throat> balance is that is um, kind of balancing activity. With quiet, Um, it's uh, (laughs) kind of like we talked about earlier. It's tempting to get out on a marathon, you know, trying to get through this and doing a lot of activities just to keep your mind busy and avoid feeling. Um, And that's not going to be healthy. And so you're looking for balance. And especially um, you want to share that with others is so helpful to do activities with other people, whether it's, you know, communication, um, being able to eat together, talk, chat, whatever. But then also making sure that you allow yourself that quiet time so you can think and you can feel. Um, We discussed as a family after my dad passed away, it was harder for us the second year. The first year we had so many things. So he passed away. Then there was an anniversary that was missed. Then my daughter gave birth. Then I became Catholic. I got this new job at this a week after he passed away. So there were months of just all this activity and things going on. And, and they were all wonderful things. But in that, there wasn't a whole lot of time to mourn and grieve and have those quiet moments. And so then it's months later when it actually, and we were selling properties. There were so many things going on. And then all of a sudden it hit you oh my gosh, dad's not here. And so you really want to make sure to create that balance of the quietness and the activity. Activity is important because you don't want to get isolated and, and you know, enter a, a maybe a, th- a phase of being apathetic and you're doing nothing. But you definitely need those quiet, quiet moments for balance. And in my quiet moments, I must admit, I spent a lot of time with With God in those quiet moments, that's what would give me so much comfort, you know, was, you know, the rosary, um, just Bible readings. I had some uh, books from Catholic Charities um, through the diocese that were about mourning specifically. And so just kind of reading those and taking notes. Uh, What I loved, Father Harry, about you reading the prayers is— it was just like you said. It's just not reading to get to the end. But if you really take that time to read it, even take some notes about it, it's going to give you a different level of comfort to create that balance, um, and then rest. Um, I think people during the time of grief, you're just exhausted. It just seems like it was never ending the things that were going on, children being upset or, you know, helping my mother, we're packing, we're doing things and she's grieving and you're concerned for her, you're concerned for kids or we have a new baby. There's so many things going on. And often we don't take that time to just let our bodies rest, let our minds rest. And so you really want to make sure that um, you're trying to get eight hours of sleep. And if you don't sleep for eight hours, get some naps in. And I'm tru- when I say rest, I am truly meaning rest your body. Um, without adequate rest, it is hard to be emotionally regulated. It's hard not to develop maybe some, some um, symptoms of depression or anxiety when you're not getting rest because your body needs that to recover. And then talking with others— who've experienced a similar loss uh, can be very helpful. Um, You know, it's just we're hoping that the person you're speaking to, you know, does have that ability to listen, not offer too much judgments or advice, but being able to have others that you can talk to about how you're feeling and your emotions. Because sometimes you do, you kind of feel like maybe you're, you're going crazy, like my brain won't stop. It just won't calm down. And so having other people that you can go to, is helpful, you know, I think um, being able to engage with um, your priest or clergy or just God himself, you know, just having that conversation of this is what I'm going to get through. Can you help me, give me some relief or, you know, looking for passages in the Bible that will give you relief. This is going to sound like a strange one that people need, but drinking lots of fluids. Some of this is a little specific. But while this seems like a strange thing to mention, um, research has shown that our body, this was strange to me, I never heard this before, but our body actually absorbs fluids more quickly when we're in the grieving process. I don't know how they came up with this research, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And so one of the things that talked about was staying hydrated. Um, Also, when you're dehydrated, you actually become a little fuzzy. You know, it's hard to think more clearly. It can make you more anxious. And then exercise. Um, Clinicians will always tell you that for anxiety, depression, um, that's the um, exercise is one of the best things ever to decrease the symptoms of depression or anxiety. Um, Physical exercise every day. um, It can be just a simple walk. Um, I found myself walking a lot uh, for a couple of months after my dad passed, and it just felt good. It felt good to be outside in the fresh air, first of all, and then I just felt like I was walking. I could almost feel that that anxiety, that tightness, that clenchness. I don't even know how to explain it, but I could feel it kind of leaving my body when I would walk, you know, and I would try to walk to the point of almost exhaustion, but not so much that I couldn't get back home, but... um, you know, I'm um, trying to be careful of that, um, you know, or put on some music if you if you have access to music and maybe dance or move. Um, if you can, um, yoga is one of my favorite things for a stretching kind of exercises um, are really helpful for the body and can feel good. So just a few strategies uh, to kind of help you during the grief process.
0: I was noticing in uh, St. John's Gospel, this is 16th chapter, and it, it reminded me when you said, you know, talk with others combined with that walking component. For many of our flock in the uh, prison settings, the walking circuit is, is a big uh, time just to be able to pair up with people that you can have those private conversations with. You're outdoors. It just engenders a kind of openness to exchange. And Jesus uses that example himself. This is uh, John 16, uh, 19 to 21. Jesus knew that they, the disciples, that they wanted to ask him, So he said to them, Are you discussing with one another what I said? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. When a woman is in labor, she is in anguish because her hour has arrived. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the pain, Because of her joy that a child has been born into the world. Just in that example right there, we see how Jesus himself uses the walking moment to not only indicate to them, I know what you're thinking, and I think that's something that's good for all of us to remember. Jesus knows what's going on in your head. And even though nobody else seems to understand you, or you don't even understand yourself, the Lord himself is in there and he is walking with you and he wants to lead you to that conclusion that is in this passage, joy that a child has been born into the, into the world. So allowing ourselves to walk with the Lord, even when we're there in our bunk or in our cell, whatever it might be. Um, we've talked a lot about um, grieving over death. Uh, there's grief that happens when people don't get parole, and uh, let Jesus walk with you. I mean, literally put yourself in that walking mode and and allow him to say, I know what you're going through, even though everybody else may not, but I am here and I'm going to walk with you to a moment of joy, that your time of grief and the suffering attendant to it is not going to have the last word in your life. It's not going to last forever. We're going to get through this. And I, the Lord, who, who am love itself, am, uh, am here to to, uh, to walk with you. I invite Deacon Ronnie to close us with a prayer As we come to the conclusion of this second session Good Good and gracious God We thank you for the time we've had uh, in
2: this segment And we ask for your blessings upon us May you fill our hearts with your peace And bless our lives with your grace And may Almighty God bless us Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Brother,
0: if you walk with me Brother, will you walk with me?